0: A dose of black joy and caffeine on all podcast streaming platforms making it the number one go-to podcast for black creative marketing pr and tech professionals season six of a dose of black joy and caffeine podcast is fueled by jet and for our 100th episode we're chatting with Dalen Gong, president of jet huge thanks to jet for being an inspiration to podcasters such as myself and amplifying Black voices and narratives since 1951. Well, now that we've shared a dose of Black joy with you, let's turn things up a notch on today's episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. going to get started here. So thank you all so much to my listeners who have tuned in. And thank you once again for listening to another episode of A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Now, season over season, I love to have guests on, but my favorite guests are creative individuals that I personally um, am reminded of just how much you should actually push the level of your creativity as well as be completely unapologetic with how you approach work and also that lens. Yeah. And so on today's show, I have my very good friend, B, Brandon. Welcome to A Dose of Black joint Caffeine.
1: Man, pleasure to be here, man. It's good to see you, man. It's been a minute, so it's good. Real good to see you.
0: Yeah, man. It's absolutely been a minute. And now for the people that are listening at home, the creative that we have with us that's joining us today has not only produced some of the most work for iconic brands such as Nike and Google, and those are only just the name of few, but they're also an amazing DJ part time as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, my old days. Yeah, I, I, it's funny I, as we speak. I was literally dusting off the turntables because it's been like a year since I've since I've actually had the opportunity to do that. But music's such therapy for me, so it's such an important part of my life, you know. I got a question for you then. Yeah.
0: You were stranded on top of Mars, and you could uh-huh. only take the discography of three black music artists with you. Which three uh-huh. black music artists would you take to have the discography for on Mars?
1: Outcast Prince. Woo. Um
0: slow, slow, down, slow down, brother. Slow slow down now. You got those some heavy bags. Those some heavy outcast bags. Prince.
1: Take your time. And, and and look, it may be Tupac just because it would be so much music. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> you, okay. You then. would never play the same album twice if it was a Tupac album because he got about seventy-four albums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Between Prince and uh, Tupac, you're gonna get a lot of a lot of music. But uh, Outkast number one, hands down. I love hands that. Down.
0: I love that. I love that. And speak up a little bit so the people at home can hear you. Uh,
1: All right. Let me see. I just put the mic on. So let me see. Uh, you tell me how the volume sound.
0: It sounds perfect. It sounds perfect. So I introduced you, what people know today, but, you know, from your early beginnings of growing up, what was your first kind of instinct of kind of honing in and saying, I think I am a creative individual?
1: (laughs) Man, I used to get in trouble for uh, drawing on things in the house. Uh, So I knew, like I knew, like I was, all. no matter how much I got in trouble for it, I would just keep doing it. And you know, my parents just like I, I mean live it every day drawing on like melting crayons and painting on my walls and you know carving in and stuff. I just was like always drawn to making something and tearing up something and playing with something, you know. So I just knew that like there's gotta be something out there that I could do and not get in trouble. <laughs> I can yeah. do this and not get in trouble for, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, and you know, you you've honed it, you know, over the years uh so much. So for our listeners introduce yourself.
1: I'm Brandon Viney. I am a uh, currently a group creative lead at Google uh, and a lifetime creative uh, DJ, painter. Um, uh, and I'm from Tazewell, Virginia, which is in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia down in the Southwest Hills. Uh, so middle of nowhere. So it's an anomaly for me to sit here and be able to say that I am a professional creative uh, by trade, coming from a place like that, where I probably should have been a coal miner, like, um, you know what I'm saying, or a railroad worker and, and did an honest day's work. So <laughs> so yeah, that's who I am.
0: I love that. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that too. You know, one of the things that I've always admired about you, B, and you know, selfishly, I have people on the show just to tell them how much I do admire them. <laughs> I love it. Is um, your patience when it comes to creativity. Uh, Because I think in order to produce the magnitude of some of the projects and work that you worked on, you have to have patience, whereas me, I don't have any, that's why I work in social and that's why I do social media because I like (laughs) the pace of thinking uh, and doing the thing and I'm like let's get it out there, I am done. So how have you learned to (laughs) hone patience throughout the creative process over these years.
1: Ah, man, you know, like when, you know, I love that question because this is what I tell a lot of my students that when I teach um, courses, you got to like understand what the business is. And I separate myself as much as I can from the business. And uh, I try to separate my art and my personal opinion and be very objective about what's going on, you know, and um, uh, like to solve a problem. Then I insert me back into it where I feel like I can actually benefit from it as well. As yeah. the project benefit from it. So I try to separate church and state of my creativity and, and like I think about it like split personalities, the business creative and then the and then the real creative.
0: Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Now you mentioned teaching. Where do you teach at?
1: I I so i got a program at Google. You you probably remember the fellowship program. Yes, so I call it, I call it teaching. It's more mentorship, but um I always say like my my kids and uh teaching because I always feel like when you tell people that your kids, uh, when I recommend one of them kids, <laughs> Might, somebody gonna treat them like they're gonna treat them like family. They're gonna be like, Oh, that's your yeah. family. I gotta treat them like your family. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't just somebody I'm referring Hey, here's Mike. Nah, nah, that's that's one of my kids. All right, I'm gonna treat them like one of your kids. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I do a lot of personal uh, stuff. Like I do some adjunct teaching for other programs that go back and do stuff at VCU, nice. uh, down at U of O sometimes. And then uh, tons of programs just contact me to fill in for stuff and to do le- guest lectures. And then personally, I do, I do it all day. Every single day yeah. when I get off of work, I get calls from, from kids who found me and uh, from things like this podcast and I'll get people from this that'll call and say, yo, I'm trying to get in, I'm trying to get on, help me. And I'll be like, all right, let's go. You got two months. We're going to build a book. We're going to get you out here.
0: Oh, uh, the most, yeah. the most sacred word of all, The book. The book. The book. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when I was in portfolio school, I got tired of that word, but it ain't ain't even a book. It ain't even a book. That's the thing. Let's, can we start there? Can we start there, please? It It ain't ain't even even a a book book, and it ain't even in a portfolio per se, but we still use these terms. Look at you already being innovative. We may have to change that name. Um, But I always say that, you know, the people listening to this show right now, I mean, we hit 30, 32 K listeners. Oh, wow. Uh, That extent range from individuals that are just entering the industry to mid-level individuals that are trying to go to senior to C-suite executives that honestly, between me and you, Brandon, they just want to figure out what type of disruption I'm up to on this podcast. (laughs) I know. I know y'all being nosy. I know y'all being nosy. (laughs) But what would be your advice to someone that is trying to enter the industry and create the perfect portfolio?
1: It's got to be you. See, like, I, and this is one of the things I always tell young creatives is, like, you can imitate, but at a certain point, you got to be, you got to do the most original thing that makes people interested. See, creative creative advertising and marketing is really, uh, everyone's trying to push the boundaries and do something that hasn't been done before. What I see with young developmental talent is they come in and they go, I want to be just like you. And I'm like, well, they already got me. Yeah. If it's two of us, you know, then we both lose them. We need you to be a hundred percent you, but we need you to be a hundred percent you in a way that can be used for this skill set. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I always try to tell people like, know how to do the work, but know how to do it in your voice, developing mm-hmm. a voice. And that's the hardest thing for, for people to understand in this career.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, and it's, it's tough that that's so hard to hear because you would naturally think that it's easy, but it is easy for some people to, you know, really be themselves when they aren't looking for something to grasp onto of like, yeah. you know, how can I, how can I reach that level? So, I mean, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. Um, I think about Andy Warhol and I mm-hmm. think about, you know, Toni Morrison mm-hmm. and I think about you. hmm and what I know to be true is that those individuals have a very distinct style. One had a distinct style as a designer. Another person had a very distinct style as a writer.
1: As a writer, yeah.
0: How would you describe your design aesthetic or your aesthetic as a creative individual?
1: Yeah, uh, it's What's real. The
0: sauce? What's the branded sauce that people are going to
1: get? Yeah, uh, it's it's. if I had to describe it in a word, I would say it's real. Or you can substitute that with honest and, you know, we use authentic as a overplayed word in our industry, but it is something that my work reeks of and I I always try to be as real as possible because I think connecting the humans is the only way to to really like speak to humans in a human way. And so I try not to ever really overdo something or overcook something And, and because I'm a very social person by nature, I always think of myself as an anthropologist even though I'm not <laughs> let's get that clear I'm not I always say that like I'm a creative anthropologist I you know as a DJ as an artist I'm out here I study I used to be in the clubs I could see people I see behaviors I see the trends the way people work the way they think and the way they interact and so that stuff permeates it out through all my work because it has to feel real if it if it don't feel real I don't want them to do it you know what I mean like I really don't um, and so I fight and push things to as much as I can to try to make them feel as authentically real and representative of who or we who we're talking to as possible. So I, yeah, I, I like to think I'm real. I like that.
0: I'll take it. I'll take yeah. that. Even even so much that you probably actually created the real old spice commercial.
1: <laughs> nah, i didn't do that i was i was over there with those teams when they were doing it but man there were some brilliant teams that was working on that stuff i wish they would have let me get my hands on that stuff i never really got to got to do it yeah i know yeah. i
0: know but well, yeah. we'll, we'll later on dive into all the amazing things that you did at Wyden., yeah and speaking of Wyden, we actually have an alum that I'm, I'm very very excited about marcus collins i've been reading his mm-hmm. book which is called for the culture and it's mm-hmm. making me realize everything that the culture is truly missing if mm-hmm. you had to give a dose of anything to the culture, what would you like to give the culture a dose of that you feel like it's currently lacking?
1: Uh, patience. Like, you know, the culture right now, I think um, we, we've been moving so fast, yeah, which is a good thing. We, it's a good thing that we have. but We have to have perspective and patience and because we're moving faster than I think some of the industries, uh, creative industries can catch up to us. So mm. we have to have a little bit of patience to say, all right, we're we building it. We're building the plane while we're flying it. Mm-hmm. right because we really are you know what i mean i think especially black creative culture is uh is always at the forefront of culture and yeah creative culture so we build the plane while we flying it sometimes and sometimes we have to have a little bit of patience to know that like we're you know we years ahead of it you know what i'm saying we years ahead of the curve sometimes you know uh so far that it feels like nobody's listening nobody gets me nobody understands my ideas it's probably because it's a little bit ahead of the time yeah you know I mean? so we have a little patience
0: definitely I appreciate that. That's a reminder to myself too, but trust me B, you know, I'm still moving. You know- Yeah, I know you, I know you. (laughs) I got to keep it moving. But no, that's a good reminder. Um, I think patience. Um, One, amazing portfolio. Let me tell you that portfolio book, whatever we want to call it. I think you have, you know, you always have beautiful work, Um, but it always makes me think about, you know, the work that people don't see or the work that Mm -hmm. you have been able to touch. Yeah. Um, most recently within the last two years, and I think that we know the ongoing conversation, particularly on TikTok, when it comes yeah. to Black creators really getting credit for a lot of their dances. And I think there's just a long history of that with Black creators, um, uh, and or even uh, artists, music artists, to where you know songs were replicated. How do you advocate advocate for yourself when it comes to getting credit for your work?
1: M- man, you just got to be relentless about you know, sometimes it's about credit. Sometimes it's just about being in the room. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes like credit is just as much as as just saying like, yeah, I know you had that idea too. Maybe this other team had this idea. Maybe this other person had this idea, but it's just being relentless about it. And like, you know, empathizing with the fact that creativity moves so fast and -hmm. that ideas are born at the same time in different places, you know? So sometimes uh, we have to be like, just relentless about letting people know. But uh, look, here's another piece of advice about that too you got to put stuff on paper. It's yeah. the only way you can prove it. You know, we, we think about creators not getting credit. You know, you've, you've even heard um, companies like TikTok saying they're going to start making sure they understand like when something started, right? Like in trying to figure out how they can pay yeah. creators or attribute creators with that. Well, you got to do this in everything creative you do. You got to like put it on paper. It's got to be on paper. There has to be some sort of uh, some sort of timeline of that, or you don't have no proof. And if you don't got no proof, You're just out of luck in this industry. You know what I mean? So I always tell everybody, man, don't tell me about it. Put it on paper. Put Mm -hmm. it on paper. Send it to some people. Email it to some people so it's in some inboxes, timestamp. You know what I mean? You need people to know that you was really doing that stuff when you said you was doing it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely to to, to just even, and also, too, that timeline is going to be helpful for yourself, especially if you are updating your LinkedIn or you're doing anything of that nature. It's even going to be helpful in that. Very.
1: yeah, Yeah, very. Appreciate
0: that. Uh, man, talk about such a rich professional background between not only you and the things that you did at Wyden, but also now you being at Google. Yeah. So you know, there's this terminology that a lot of people that once had a long history in the advertising space sometimes say of getting out of advertising
1: once they <laughs> yeah. get a
0: tech job. What does that mean? What are they truly saying?
1: It's a different grind. Advertising is a different <laughs> grind. You know what I mean? Like in-agency is a grind. It is a grind. You'll never have more fun uh, than in-agency. But, you know, when you when you burn the candle at both ends in the yeah. advertising side, and, you know, when you're on the when you're on the client side, as they say, you know, getting out of advertising, you, you're usually on a much slower timeline with a lot more information and a lot less worry. So, you know, it leads you to be a little bit more passive in, in your decisions, and you usually ain't working till 10 o'clock every night, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard for people to come back, you know what I mean? But you you see people get the itch to go back to advertising just for the rush of like a week turnaround. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, this came in today and we need it done by tomorrow. I I think some people wanna get away from it, miss that. But some people go, nah, I ain't never looking back.
0: (laughs) Never, never, never. They say never say never, but listen, well, at least that's what Brandy said. But I'm saying it, you know, I know for me personally, that was it um but what i will say is i don't think i would ever have the rigor that i have right now if it was yeah. not for that agency experience i agree and also there is a level which which i know that i know i know I'm, i may take a hit from some people listening but <laughs> i have a level of empathy now working with agencies because i used to be in an agency that i Facts. i just like i work with them different on like what i'm doing because yeah. I don't want to be that client.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, facts. (laughs) That's facts. I know I've been thinking about that sometimes where I'm like, oh yeah, no, I don't want to say that to them. You know what I mean? Because I remember what that was like when it was said to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and I also think that that's the difference between great work, whether you realize it or not, is, you know, how you treat that agency partner. So even if you're in-house, I think that that's a huge um, thing that people think about.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I, I would never say never, but, you know, if the wine is right, the time is right. Yeah, you didn't, and you life. didn't and you didn't you know. say it. I did. Yeah. But it's hard. The grass is green on this side. You know, it really is green. Yeah. Just, you know, it gets a little slow sometimes.
0: Listen, we'll take it. Well, look, one of the things that we love to talk about at a dose of black joy and caffeine is obviously this is a celebration of the people that come on the show of your mm-hmm. amazing careers and everything that you've done. But we also love to talk about vacations because guess what? A lot of people that come on the show (laughs) don't go on them enough or that are listening. But what was the last great vacation that you went on?
1: I just went to Copenhagen uh, about two weeks ago and, um, and I I can't stop getting fed TikToks and Instagrams and stuff for it. Now it's like, now my feed is just reminding me about it every five minutes. Right. Uh, But what a beautiful city, what a beautiful art city, I have a little bit of a furniture fetish. Uh, what a be- No better place to go and, and kind of be inspired. The weather messed around and got real good while I was there. Oh, nice. And um, the food was great. And I think I was walking close to 10 miles a day in the city. Ooh. Yeah, just like hitting it, checking out everything, tasting everything. I ate more croissants in a week than I had my whole life. <laughs> 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 I went in. <laughs> yeah, listen, yeah. I can,
0: definitely can't blame you for that. now we all see where you're at today i think the amazing work that you've done uh what was your major uh did you go to college and if so what was your major
1: yeah i went to college um i went so i got my my major was in mass communications i went to art school and dropped out and um just it was a you know it's a long story but i I just didn't understand how to do college and so Mm. i kept kind of um i dropped out twice actually and i ended up finding my way back in Uh, a career counselor um told me, yo, you, what ideas do you have? Like, what do you want to do? And I told her about these commercials I want to make for Nike. It's a true story. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, you draw? And I was like, yeah, draw, paint, stuff like that. And she was like, you're an art director. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. And she said, you should work in advertising. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. you know? And uh, I went to the program head. They let me in and I mowed through the program. And right. it was just like, I'm good at this. And then I went back and got my master's when the 2007 kind of crash of the economy happened there really wasn't jobs like that and I I could feel that if I took a lesser job than what I wanted that I was Mm -hmm. going to get stuck Mm -hmm. and so I I just didn't want to do that and so I was like I'm gonna go get this paper this master's that way I can teach one day if I want to teach or I can do something else Um, and so I, I got my master's in mass communications as well
0: I love that I love that what yeah. what what is your current thoughts? I guess on um, the role of education within creativity and art. You know, there's a lot of conversation happening around ra- around you know right now.
1: Yeah.
0: About, um, the debt that I think a lot of people are taking on, and particularly Gen Z, is very vocal about it. To where they're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the school of YouTube. But what are your kind of general thoughts of really merging those worlds together? And as some you know, somebody that believes in mentorship, I'd be curious to get your POV.
1: Yeah, look, you you don't need it. Most people, I mean, it's hard to say, right? If you if you think you need it, you probably need it. Yeah. Right? And if you don't think you need it, you need to just grind. And, and I have no doubt that you'll get where you want to go, right? Like, in hindsight, I don't think I needed it. But at that time, the world was different. It's easy for me to say that now. But the time was different. You know, master's degrees were one of the only ways you could really get a high-paying job back then. And so, you know, now I don't even know if they checked. Right. A good portfolio is in the creative industry is all they care about. Like, can you make something cool? Right. Now you can go look at a kid's TikTok and go, this is brilliant. Hire them. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't oh, no, have, have that. No, yeah. I have. I, no,
0: I absolutely have. Actually, like that's how I yeah. look at resumes
1: today is I'm like, send me your TikTok. Exactly. Yeah. I want to see what you make and how you think. So, like, it isn't really an education. I don't even think I check what school people go to anymore. You know what I mean? I'm not like, oh, Parsons, that means you're a great designer. I'm just like, let me see the work. Yeah. So I think anybody listening that is, you know, think, considering it, if you think you need it, let me tell you what college really is. It's a network. That is what it is. You can learn and you will learn, but you are paying for a network. And if you're a person that's not going to tap that network, you're probably not getting your money's worth in college. You know what I mean? Like, so I always encourage people, if you're going to a college, find out how deep the network is. Where where does all the tentacles of that college go? Are, is there people in the job you want that went to that college? Then if you go to that college, you're gonna have direct access to those people. You know, the alumni, the alumni networks are huge, right? But YouTube university ain't nothing better. <laughs> 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 they ain't nothing better than YouTube University. You know, I'm say I'm a lifelong learner and I tap into YouTube uh, every single day for something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I don't I don't, you know, I don't think you need it. But here's what I do think, I do I think this young generation is smart because they're seeing they're kind of seeing the inequity in it all. Yeah. And you know. Uh, I work at Google and I have a high paying job, relatively speaking, and I'm still paying student loans at my age. You know what I mean? I'm still digging out of this hole at my age. And it doesn't make sense. And and I see this with the younger generation is aware of the fact that like our industry can have people come from Australia or England or China and Japan, uh, and they could come here and their education was free in their country. Mm -hmm. We'll have someone come from Switzerland or Germany and they're like, oh, my education was free. So they hit that high paying job the same as you and now they chasing the american dream at, at a light speed and you you know american born you're going i can't go on the same vacations as my colleagues because i'm paying debt that they're never going to have right so there is some weird some weird things that are starting to make sense to this young generation and i love that they're questioning it yeah love it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it
0: yeah i mean i think i think you have to and i mean same here you know i uh I think um, I was the person that I felt like I needed it because I went to historic yep. black college, but then after yep. I graduated, I was like, I think I want to go to art school uh-huh. You know, to do that. Went to SCAD, had a bag added onto my name, you know, through doing that, but also too, I feel like it would have never really put me in the position that I'm in right now. I also knew that yep. I wanted to teach eventually, which like now I'm teaching. Yep. Um, um, but trust me, like you know, full gray headed dude definitely is like I'm gonna want to be in somebody's classroom saying some random <laughs> stuff to somebody's kids. So uh,
1: yeah, we'll be doing lunches because I'll be in the adjacent classroom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, so man, you know this uh, this show is a celebration of people, celebration of the work. Uh, you've done so much brilliant work over the years. You have won Thanks. a ton of awards. I definitely encourage people to check out your website. What is your website by the way?
1: It's just my name. Uh, it's at you know.com, brandavani.com. Yeah. And um you know, we get lazy when you get deep in your career and you don't update as much. Yeah. But there's some good work on there. There's some stuff I'm extremely proud of. And it's something I tell people to do like even the young kids. Don't you don't have to put everything on your book. When you when you look at a book, it should represent you. Mm-hmm. And I, I only put the work I think actually represents me at mm-hmm. least 70, 70 to 75 percent. If I don't feel myself in it, it was back to what we were talking about earlier, then you won't see that work with my name on it. I'm still going to do the best job I possibly can at that work, but I, I don't have to put that work in my book. I don't have to represent my, you know, my voice with that work. And yeah. so um, the stuff you see is the stuff I, that I feel like represents me and the stuff I'm the most proud of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, to that point, you're proud of it. And I think that, you know, the bar that you set for yourself of like creative excellence and like, okay, this has like the secret sauce. But for Mm -hmm. my my leaders that are listening to this show, what have you done as a leader to really inspire creatives that, you know, you realize, okay, well, their work can be better from a from a leadership standpoint? How do you try to work through, um, you know, creators or creatives with that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm hard on them. Uh, and, and I think it's something like, I want people to be able to do more in our industry is, is to be able to give a little bit more tough love yeah. uh, when it, when it, when it pertains to learning how to do this, right. Because our industry is a taught industry. Anybody can learn it. I just was doing a lecture the other night and I was telling kids, cause everybody on here can do this. It's just learning. You can be, you can have a natural aptitude to creativity that might give you a slight advantage, but you can learn how to do advertising and marketing. You can learn that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and if I can give you the tools and the resources fast and you can grind on it, we can get you there. But if you want it, I'm not going to sit and let you waste it. We're going to push and we're going to push hard. So bring me your work and I'm going to tear it all up and we're going to do it again until you understand how to make that work good, fast and uh, efficiently.
0: Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to do it. I'm a, I'm a bit of a softy. so.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I tear in, I dig in.
0: I know, I know. I trust yeah. me. Now I had those digging moments. If I realize that that timeline ain't weird <laughs> with that, then you know, they'll be like, whoa, wait a minute. That's when I actually. That's when I look. I look. B. They're not even calling me a dude. Then they calling me Justin. That's how yeah, the formal things have got to get because I'm like, I don't, I ain't got the time today.
1: <laughs> yeah, they bring the name out. Uh oh. And
0: yeah, they bring the name out. So. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, we're halfway through the year. So many different things are happening. Uh, There's so many different conversations. Obviously, what's very, very topical, we know AI, we get that. But is there anything else from a 2023 lens that you either have your eye on or that's close to the pulse for you or you think that is a trend that you're like, I think I want to stay a little close to this. I mean, obviously tied to, you know, the creative tech industry. But even if it's outside of that, we'd love to get your thoughts on things that you're finding to be. Innovative this year,
1: yeah. I mean, I really think it's AI, like, I, I really do. And because I think we're going to be flooded with AI, so here's like what I might like. I have predictions about this, right? I think that like so many small companies are going to be trying to show that they are AI proficient, and I think so many large companies are going to be trying to show that they're AI safe, right? And that the technologies they have aren't going to be harmful, and then I think or A- or. Innovative. Exactly. And I think creators now are gonna open it's gonna open up a whole platform of creators. Like I think back when um when we were coming up, if you had you had to have a laptop, a MacBook, yeah. a Wacom tablet, and a five hundred dollar program to do Photoshop, right? And a then tablet. You know what I'm tablet. Did he go to the tablet? Hey, look, and you had to have it. To have if you it, didn't you have know. it, you were you literally couldn't do the skill of Photoshop, right? Then Fast forward, now programs are coming out that are like automating that stuff and doing it for you. Like you remember what it used to be like to cut a background out of a person. Now you can click a button and it just does it automatically, right? That evens the playing field for everybody. AI is going to do the same thing. So this generation that felt like it took leaps and bounds in technology is about to be back to scratch. And you're going to have a gold rush of people understanding how to be creative with the tools. And I think it's going to be so exciting. I also think it's going to be extremely exhausting. And Mm -hmm. so I think we're going to also see a push to go back to books, a push to go back to art, like actual art. And I think we're going to start seeing things like that, where it's going to be like a renaissance of of kind of the old, because people are going to get exhausted from uh, the boom in technology.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the way that everything works, right? It's like you kind yeah. of back a little bit. I mean, I'm the same way with even like with albums. There are some times when I'm listening to Kendrick or, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm into the new Daniel Caesar and like mm-hmm. it's great on... On Apple Music, you know, Google Music, YouTube Music, or you know, so forth. Even to that standpoint, I'm like, I think I need the physical. I think I need the vinyl. I need that.
1: Yeah, I need a little dust on it. (laughs) Yeah, a little dust on it. But you
0: certainly bring up a good point. Um, So, where do you think then? With that being said, tools that designers traditionally have used, such as like Adobe Photoshop and Mm -hmm. Illustrator, what what role does that now play throughout this ecosystem?
1: It'll. I think it'll play the same role. It'll just get more advanced, but people are going to get creative to work around it. I'm already seeing ways that people are using technology, AI in particular, to do really interesting stuff, right? Because like, especially in our industry as a creative, the goal is to be able to show an idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you obviously aren't the person who can go out and make it. That's why you hire a director. Yeah. But now with these tools, you can make it close. You can say, hey, I want to make A steel frame of this scene done in the director who I'm going to pitch to's style Mm -hmm. and get that back, right? You you know what I'm saying? You can go to Mid Journey and create the look you actually envisioned in your head versus having to like spend hours and hours and days and days trying to find references to do to create this thing to say, like, it's kind of like this, but it's kind of like this and it sounds like this, but it might be like this and have everybody interpret that. You got tools that can whip this stuff out in minutes now. So I think like the excuses are gonna get really, really, really hard to come by because the tools are here and anybody can grab them right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I know I've I've always been on I've always been impressed by people that have a hand skill and also know how to create things on the computer. Do you have a a hand skill of painting or graffiti yeah. or anything that you that you have done throughout the years, and what role has that hand skill played? You know, throughout you know, obviously I hate this term, so please forgive me. The commercial work, you know, but hey, this yeah. is the commercial industry. It is what it is. Play it throughout the execution of that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm a pretty well versed artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can draw, paint, and that was that used to be my medium of choice. Yep. Uh, ceramics and and airbrush were you know kind of other mediums that I dabbled in for many many years. Uh, this industry is taking a little bit of that away from me because I'm dedicating all my no, time. No, no,
0: don't say it. It's still, it's still there. It's, it's- coming
1: back. You know the canvas oh, in the back right there. We're about to get started painting oh, again. Nice. Um, okay. Um, I got a couple of ideas cooking, but you know the th- the way it helped me, David Kennedy, uh, rest in peace, told me once that he didn't, and he said it jokingly, but I think he kind of meant it. Um, he said, "I don't really like art directors that can't draw." And uh, he kind of slid me a piece of paper, and I started drawing this idea. And he was like, he kind of winked at me. He was like, "All right, (laughs) you know." So back back then, it was like a way for us to communicate our ideas was just to do a sketch of it. And I found throughout my career that if you can sketch something, if you can draw something, you can communicate that way. There's a different level of uh, reverence for you and your opinion because people are, you know, people actually seeing that like, no, that's actually coming from your mind. It's actually coming from your mind. You know what I mean? Through your hands onto that paper and so it's a tool i can still use to get real ideas out in the real world and sell things so it's even though we're booming with technology uh a pen and paper can still do so much and so i, I still utilize that as much as i possibly can
0: i love that um yeah. even in terms of i think just visually you having yeah. that, like you having the hand skill i think that's one thing but i can almost kind of flip it from a social strategist standpoint what i have always found is that yes? People see me as a social, like you know, it's, well used to earlier. Now you know yeah. I'm in a new role. Yeah. Uh, but you know, social stress, <laughs> social strategist. Uh, when I first got started, or even as a community manager, right? Is yeah. where I used to present like my ideas, but mm-hmm. I used to also mock them up. And people, mm-hmm. I used to present um, in the in, in the agency. People used to be so confused of like, wait, how is he mocking up like his tweets and all that stuff? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I have that background as an art director, you yep. know, to do that. So I do think that there is this um, hand skill of like uh, being able to uh, visually show your ideas is yeah. is is huge. It's really it's really
1: important. important. It's really important because if you can't show it, mm-hmm. you're leaving it up to interpretation. And now now you're upset that. As you've passed this creative idea down the telephone game that it comes out different Mm -hmm. well you never showed it from the beginning of what it was intended to be like so you've left it up to interpretation that every person that's joined it has interpreted a little bit differently and that's when you see ideas go bad you know and you're like ah that's your idea and you you see people (laughs) like yeah it was in the beginning (laughs) it ain't ain't what it is no more you know so uh that is such an important thing to be able to communicate your ideas
0: yeah You know, I can't help but to thank uh, all the people that you have mentored in this industry, the people that you have helped, some of them even like close friends of mine that I know that always speak so highly of you. Some of them even calling you as Uncle Uncle Brandon. (laughs) You know, yeah, um, but to that standpoint, who were some of those people early in your career or even your life that, you know, really kind of mentored you and helped you grow and become the person you are today?
1: I mean, it's... This sounds bad, but I really didn't have a lot of mentors, um, at least in this industry because, and, and you know, and I used to hold a grudge about this because I, there was people who were in the industry that I reached out to and like, you know, I just knew, man, if this person would take me under their wing, I could just like get this thing going way faster because I just need to, I just need like a, a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Um, and there would be people that really wouldn't get back to you on that. As I got older, I had this epiphany and I was like, man, I think some of them folks, didn't feel like they were on stable ground in a way that they could give help, right? And so I'm like, all right, I, now that I see that, now that I see it from that POV, I'm like, all right, there's nothing gonna stop us from helping so many other people because as long as we have stable ground, it's like our duty to do that, you know? Yeah. And, and the information is free. It don't cost nothing but time, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people miss out, especially executive leaders don't realize that there is this mentor up, but also mentor down completely. Mentor down, that you take on because with me teaching, you know, classes at Miami at school,
1: yeah. it's
0: been, you know, you know, it might've been, it, it may have been, you know, three to five years since the last time I was, uh, 18, <laughs> but to that mm-hmm. standpoint, you know, those 18 year olds, they're teaching me stuff and I'm just sitting back like, I, cause I'm, I'm not there nor do I want to be there because I was also very broken.
1: <laughs> uh, it makes two of us.
0: <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I think that you bring up a good point of, um, you know, being on stable ground. And also too, I think not looking at it as so transactional that. It's like one-sided of, yeah. oh, and I got to help this, you know, kid that's 18, or I got to help this person that may be uh, 15 years below, you know, my industry yeah. experience. It's like, no, you can actually learn from that person.
1: Facts, like facts. I mean, it's one of my favorite, like music, you know, telling you music is such an important part of my life. One yeah. of my favorite things to do is like, tell me what's popping, like tell me, like tell me what's really like, what y'all really listening to, what y'all really doing right now, so that, I, so that I can just stay up with these things and like never feel like I'm just aging out of it. And I love to like understand the why. I always tell like, if I ask um, somebody that's younger than me to tell me something, I always tell why, like mm-hmm. give me the why of it. I wanna understand the origin of it. I want to understand like, why is it hitting the way it's hitting? Why is the fashion the way the fashion is? Or like, why is this person trending the way that, you know, you guys think they're trending? Because you're never too old to, to learn. And a matter of fact, we get to an age, where like you need that help? Oh hell yeah! You know what I mean. I need to know from them. Now I can teach them how to do what I do, but I need to know what they do too in order yeah. to do it both well. You know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and going into that, I think so much of that is knowing people, understanding people, and wanting to learn about people. Um, you mentioned your yeah. work, and I think that you said real, and that's the that's the one thing that I think all your work yeah. is always a uh, reflective of. But I I think the reason why, absolutely, man. Shoot, you kidding me? And I think the reason why, though, is because as just as much as you are um, data-driven, fact-driven, you are probably one of the top creatives that I know that's like insight-driven.
1: I I really appreciate that because I think that is the way you make great work.
0: Can you tell, can you share though with the listeners the difference between a fact versus an insight? Because I think that your work and and let me know, Beef, if you're gonna give away too much of your secret sauce. I could pull back for sure. No, no. But uh, but I, but I, I think have. like all your work is so based in human truth to where it's like, you know, it's gray, okay, yada yada, you like okay, we're gonna have the facts, we're gonna have the details, but you're able to find that human truth that yeah. I think. It's, it's, and it's so wild that we've made so much progress in this industry of tech and innovation and advertising marketing that it's just like people are afraid of the human truth that's going to lead to that great idea.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, good insight is something that like we all know it's in you, like, you know, a good insight when you hear it. Cause it's cause it's true. Right. Yeah. Cause you go like, you, you can be in a room with people when you're talking about creativity and someone say it's kind of like blank <laughs> and everyone go, oh, it is kind of like that. And you're like, oh, we're getting into insight territory now. We're getting into that thing that is a human truth that everybody understands. And you can see great work when great work is built with that aha moment and it's collective. You yeah. know, you are hitting a human truth, a human insight
0: yeah.
1: on a human level that everybody's going to understand. Right. And some of the work that, we, that I've been able to do in my life you know, with, with, in collaboration with some really amazing people usually started with the aha moment where someone said, man, what if, isn't that kind of like? You can tell. Oh, it is, you know, and you go, let's go, let's, let's get it now that we know that the light's on for everybody, right? So, it, you know, creatives that are working on work should be thinking about like, is it really real? Does it hit something for me? Go to Instagram, right? You know, don't nobody do this better than like black culture twitter and instagram right yeah the, the amount of insights that you see in a post the reason we laugh so hard when somebody say you know you know you know we do this or we do that or something you know it's like this or your Thanksgiving like this you already know the reason is because we laugh so hard because it's true and we yeah. know the insight on it we know that something you don't know right we know the like the, the real real deep seated truth about the thing and that's when you know you got something. When you get that "oh", oh, oh, oh moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to make everything with that. If I don't feel it, then it's you know it's hard to get excited about it.
0: You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep on doing what you're doing. Like I said, look at that, Brandon Man. B, giving y'all all the gems. Don't worry, we gonna cut <laughs> we, gonna, we gonna cut the check, B. Don't 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 invoice, <laughs> don't invoice me too bad. He got my personal email address now, so I know that invoice <laughs> is on the way. Just wait until after next year income tax.
1: You were going to square cash uh, request, <laughs> cash that. <out. laughs> I feel
0: like, dang, but listen, I'm going to pay it because it's worth every dime. All right. Well, you've reached the point of the show where I love to challenge uh, uh, industry leaders to, if they had to rebuild their foundation for the next you know, five to 10 years, we always talk about five-year, 10-year career plan, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that you have so much ahead of you, and you only had three building blocks. What word would you put on each one of those building blocks to build the next phase of your career?
1: Trust. Truth. And fearless. Oh, Yeah, I think so much. Uh, if I had, you know, one regret of my life, it would be uh, letting fear get in the way of um, doing things and learning things and seeing things that, um, you know, could change a life. And it's why I've been dedicating like as much time as I can to travel now. Um, I spent so many years not traveling out of fear, group of a country boy in the middle of nowhere. You know, I wasn't well traveled at a young age, so it took a long time to develop that muscle. Yeah. And every time I go on a trip and see a piece of the world and see a piece of new culture and taste the new food, you know, hear new music and things, I come back fundamentally different and it changes my creative perspective of everything. And I cannot recommend that enough. And I let fear get in the way of those things. So often I let fear get in the way of being in rooms and saying what I really felt sooner, um, and pay for it when work came out that was bad or when uh, decisions were made that I just truly didn't agree with. Um, and in hindsight, I look back and go, as long as you do things with respect like that, uh, and, and you trust yourself, um, and you're fearless in it, you, you're not going to fail. And I wish I would have known that earlier. And I've had a successful career up until now, but I, it could have been more successful if I would have known those things. If I, if I was rebuilding from scratch, I'd be twice, uh, twice further along the road than I am right now.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, you just rebuilt it on a dose of black joint caffeine. <laughs>
1: All right. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Any final words before you leave our listeners?
1: No, man, uh, I always tell anybody this, if you're young and, and you're trying to get in the game or, you know, what I mean, if you're in the game and you just feel like you're hitting a, you know, you're sputtering, reach out, tap in on LinkedIn or something and hit me up and just tell me, tell me what's up and tell me what's going on. And let's hop on a phone call and let's get you back inspired or let's get you on the right, you know, the right direction for your career. So that's like my favorite thing to do. Uh, so do that. And then I got to say thank you, brother, because it's been a minute and we haven't got to catch up. Um, and, uh, you know, and I've been, I was a fan when you jumped off and started doing this, I was really excited for you, man. I was super excited for you. And, uh, so we always track and watching and seeing what you're doing. So it's it's big for the coaches, big for the community. Appreciate you.
0: Absolutely, brother. I appreciate you too. And thank you all so much for our listeners that have tuned in, uh, episode of of, over episode. I mean, I can't even, I can't even talk. That's how overwhelmed. (laughs) But if anything, as always, stay safe. Drink a ton of water and remember that you deserve a dose of Black Joy and caffeine. Until next time, I'm Madhu.